All right, everybody, welcome to the Creative Truth Podcast. Uh, I'm Raz, I'm one of your co-hosts, uh, and, and I'm Tyler. And tonight we have a very special guest, my man. What's up, man? Mr. Tyron Williams, Twiz, owner, co-owner of Dolph Media, LLC. Uh, one of my uh, good friends, one of the first people I met when I moved to Savannah. We've been close ever since, but now he left me. Uh, but we, uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, pretty fun, so, you know, pretty fun topic tonight. It's called what? Tonight, yeah, tonight we're talking about doing work that makes a difference and what that means to you and what that and how to pursue those jobs. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the topic comes from uh, videographers, creatives, graphic designers, artists, um, all of us. You know, we, we get into this mindset of being starving artists and we just want to do good work. We want to help people and we get into this because we love people. We love what we do. But at a certain point, we got to start charging a lot of money. So it's like, you know, how do you make money and still do work that makes a difference without giving it away? And how do you say no to jobs that maybe pay a lot, but aren't in line with your own personal values as well? Right, right. Uh, so who wants to go first? Like what, what would be your number one? Well, we'll start out. Okay, okay. Right. okay, we'll start. All right. So I'll let you start that. Okay. So, uh, my number one, what, you started sentence. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You cut me off. <laughs> no, I'll just shut Yeah, uh, your number one, so when it's, when it's time to do work that makes a difference, and when you're trying to help an organization, what is the, like, how do you judge a good organization? Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's tough because there are a lot of not-for-profits out there and non-profits that, you know, the CEO's making like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a hard line of like, these are good companies to work for and these are bad companies to work for. I think like something we've talked about a lot in the past is just building relationships. Mm-hmm. And we're not necessarily, you know, as like creative people doing creative startups, marketing startups, videography startups, you're not working on the national level. You're working in your community. So, um, maybe you should look for some not-for-profits in your area and see what some of the local needs are. And maybe there's people that are doing what you want to accomplish, but they don't have like the, the budget uh, for to, to hire their own videographer, or they just don't know how to do that work themselves, or they just have no idea how to get the message out there. And so it's not like you have to reinvent the wheel. And like you decide that you want to, um, you want to help, uh, what's an example of a not-for-profit? Like, what's, what's a closet? No, no, what's a closet that's important to you? Uh, so LDSS, uh, Low Country Dow Central Society. Sure. So there, that's an organization that we've all worked with, right. um, that basically raises awareness, uh, for children with different abilities, uh, kind of removing that stigma of disabilities and that these are people who are unable to work or, or just live normal lives and saying that, no, these, these are individuals who uh, just have different strengths than the rest of us and they shouldn't be disqualified or discounted because they were, you know, born with what has been called a disability in the past. So like we as individuals might not have the power to uh, create that social change in our community, but this organization that already exists has been doing this for, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, for me, it's like, how do my skills align with their mission and how can I like 
bring them to the next level. Mm -hmm. And it's, and that's like something we've talked about in the past too, is that it's not like you're taking money away from this organization. You're helping this organization grow. That's right. Yeah. And I know that you struggle with that Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, this is a not-for-profit. They don't have money, you know, but I want to help them, but like, I don't want to charge them too much, but then I feel like I'm working too hard. Because, yes, you know, <laughs> most definitely. That's always a, a hard thing to really balance out with that. But um, there have been times where, I, I don't want to say take a gamble necessarily, but there have been times where I have done something for free and, mm-hmm. um, you know, went to an event and it was, it was a lot of work because, you know, it's a lot of things going into it just as any event. But then it turned around about six months later, it turned out to be lucrative. It was like, hey, I remember you. We have a budget now. You know, thank you for being patient with us. And they rewarded me with, uh, you know, being able to capture their events for for uh, prices mm-hmm. rather than it's rather than it be free. So uh, it, it, you kind of got to know, kind of got to do your homework on it and, and see which companies are actually into the in the communities, not just saying it. Right. Um, not just throwing up a mission statement saying this is what it is. You don't ever see them out. You don't see their, you know, their people out working and stuff like that. So I think that's the route that you have to go with that. Just do your homework on it and just really just dive in first and see what happens after that. That's a good point. That's a good point. Do your homework on organizations. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of organizations and the ones that reach out to you aren't always the most uh, yeah. honest. Not you know what I mean? So, so yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess when I think about doing work that makes a difference, um, it's like I just want to, you know, I'm passionate about this stuff. Right. You know, everything I do, I, I want it to make a difference. So it's like, how do you, how do you keep that passion and and still still make money? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, uh, one, you gotta love what you do, and no matter sure. at the end of the day, what some what experience you may have. You have to know and get up and know that, hey, you know, what I do makes a difference. And, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where uh, no matter if, if you have a bad experience, because I'm pretty sure we all have had some bad experience. Um, I know I've had uh, some bad experience with a nonprofit organization. And it doesn't stop me from wanting to help other nonprofit organizations. If anything, it just allows me to know and respect and, and appreciate more and put more into it and um, just continue to do it. You just continue to put it out and catch those red flags too. Like, yeah, most definitely. Like, what what would be a red flag if somebody reaches out? Uh, No pay. Yeah, no pay. (laughs) Well, one thing I've learned is that nonprofits, when they say they don't have a budget, you know, most of them they say they don't have a budget, but they do have a budget. Somebody somewhere is getting some kind of financial backing for them to happen, you know, while, you know, they do depend on a lot of uh, handouts and people like who have good hearts and help out like that. That is majority of things like that. But then, you know, they do have a little something where they can be like, hey, I can at least give you this much money. Or somebody who can come out and say, like who's on their financial terms, like, hey, we can't pay you this much money, but we can pay you this much money. And then the ball's back in your court and decide, hey, do I feel like doing this for this much or, Working with them, that type of situation with that, you know, you can respect that a lot more than to sit here and say, "Oh, I don't have the budget," mm-hmm. because that means that you didn't even take the time to really understand what is necessarily needed in the services that we provide. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like we provide like our cameras. A camera by itself costs a good bit of money, depending on what kind of what kind of camera you have. So you kind of got to respect that at the end of the day. That's that's something that's you know your your time is free. 
you know, but you know, the equipment you bring is not, that's you right. know, yeah. like, cause if it breaks, you're not going to be like, Oh, well, you know, that's it. You know, that's who's has to fix it. You do. It's on you, you know? So I respect those who, who feel like they can create a budget instead of just saying they don't have a budget. Cause if you don't have a budget, that means you didn't really appropriately plan or it wasn't part of your, uh, you know, the things that you needed for you, for you to do your event, especially if that's something that you were looking really interested with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when somebody says that, do you just like, like say, okay, I can't work with you, or do you try and break it down to like, here's what you're paying for, and like, here's what you're getting, and here's why, yes. like, here's why it costs. Like normally, if you were a for-profit business, maybe it would cost two thousand dollars, but right, right. since you're not for profit, I'm going to give it you, and here's why, like, I have to charge you. Exactly, and mm-hmm. and you just have to be transparent with that, and and you know, um, somebody that talked to me before, it's restaurant, uh, small business of UGA. Um, Valerie, she's awesome. She mm-hmm. says, it doesn't hurt to ask. And, you know, I felt bad. I was like, you know, I feel bad to ask a nonprofit money person, like, hey, I'm doing it for a cause. I feel bad to ask for money. And then you feel like a bad person, but it doesn't hurt to ask. And then once you ask, if they say, hey, we don't have any budget or whatever the case may be, you can then kind of figure out how you want to do it. You can kind of be like, okay, well, if you don't have a budget, you know, I really do want to help out because it I hope that's the reason why you would want to approach a nonprofit is really to help out. Non tangible, yeah, you know, it just just the you know you get paid you know moral you know stuff, and and then you can go from there. Um, I have a lot of respect for nonprofits because when I first started doing videography, you know, I was learning, and you know, a lot of people didn't really give you opportunities to really do stuff. But nonprofits are like, man, look, look, you know, come on, you know, yeah, of course, you know, free, yeah, you know, and and they really helped me out a lot um, to get to where I'm at to get the skill set that I to build a portfolio that I have because sure. nonprofit. So I definitely you know give back as much as I can because they helped me out in my career. Right, right. Um, so and I agree with that. But so I <laughs> a while back, yeah, I was going to talk to a mentor. Um, and I was coming in with a whole bunch of ideas on how I could raise money and give back to these communities and take like 10% of my profits and give it to a different nonprofit or something every month right. or a different cause. And he looked at me, he was like, um, he basically said to don't think so much about money and giving back with money and finances, right? but to build your brand in a way that your brand can be so powerful that it can give back. Yeah. You know, so like, what do you, what do you guys think about this thing? Well, I know that like personally part of how we met is through a service organization. Mm-hmm. So we knew going into like our partnership that that's something that's important to us. Um, one thing like a, a truth for me is that at the end of the day, if you feel like if you feel uncomfortable or you're going into a situation, you feel like kind of like uncomfortable about it or you're just like, I'm not so sure. Just don't do it. Like you mm-hmm. want to you want to yeah. like if somebody got on me about filming Night of Champions or um, or volunteering my time to work with Parent University, which is like helping um, parents raising children zero to four before they get into school, mm. I would say, well, I'm not going to stop because like I feel really good. And, like there's, there's no reason anyone should tell you not to do that kind of work because there's no sort of, like you're making a difference. And so at the end of the day, you just feel really good about yourself. You feel good about your work. And you mm-hmm. feel like you feel like you're making a difference. Yeah. And so, like, you just have to know that going into it. And like, I see that in yourself. Like, what is it? What does it mean to make a difference to me? Like, what are the causes I'm passionate about? Mm-hmm. 
and then you just want to feel good about everything you do. Right. Like, like you said, love what you do, yeah. but you want to do work that that you love also. Yeah. And not work that you're like, well, it pays well. I hate it. I'm miserable going yeah. to work every day. Yeah. But like, it pays the bills. Like, yeah. That's how long can you do that? You get worked out with, with that mindset and you're going in there. Like, you have to really love all around. You have to love what you do because if you do it, it's not going to feel like work. It's going to feel like you're having fun. Anytime I pick up a camera or pick up a, a, a computer to do music or whatever, I, I love it. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. The time it actually feels like work, work, I stop doing it because you can work. If you don't want to work out, just get a regular on the phone. Even making music is like giving back because like it's a platform for you to put your message out there. Like, yeah. In that way. Yeah. Yeah. For music, it has opened a new door for me because it's a way the way technology and things is now you want music is a way to communicate not only with each other, but it also communicates with you. That's how I communicate with my kids. My kids, they're into the uh, app TikTok. Sure. Uh, so they're always dancing and doing stuff on TikTok. And the moment I got one, they were like, oh, he's, he's cool. Yeah, you know, it's cool. But if that's a way for me to kind of stay in their lives and that's what they're on, you know, I'm open to it. Yeah. A lot of parents are like, I can get on that. Or if they're on that song on TikTok, you don't know what kind of people are influencing your children or influencing the things they do while they're on their devices. Like a lot of parents will do that. So I feel like that was a route for me. You know, when I create songs and things like that, I try to create in a way like, hey, this is a message in my song. I make it sound like it's hip, like today, uh, today's music and everything. And showing them like, hey, you don't have to listen to music that talks about negativity and stuff like that. You can talk about music that actually talks about the good stuff and it still sound cool. And you won't be lame listening to it. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so how does uh, dark media uh, do work that makes a difference? Well, again, like I said, uh, the, non- the nonprofits, uh, we really try to help out with that. And what really brought it to my attention one time was I ended up going to something where they helped people. It was an event where they had, uh, they offered, they had uh, basically a job fair for people who could be fellows or something like that who went to jail, right? And uh, I ended up volunteering to do the video service for that. And you would think for all the people who have records looking for jobs, there was no promotion for there was all of maybe, including the vendors and myself, it may have been all of like 15 people there. Wow. They didn't have any promo, you know, they didn't, they didn't take any pictures, they didn't do anything like that. So if I wasn't there, nobody would have known that that event even existed. Wow. That those kind of opportunities didn't exist. Employers trying to, to hire people? Yeah, like like legitimate employers uh, that's trying to hire people who are convicted, maybe who maybe trying to turn a lot around. You know, if you have the record, right. a lot of times I think a look at you, you know? Wow. And it was nobody knows about it. It's, it's so many things that's going on every day that you probably won't know about because one, they think they don't have the funding for it, or two, people like us who actually devote our time and services to help out like that. You know, if, if we didn't do what we did, nobody would even know remotely close. So that just like, like turned me on. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna give back. Like as much as it's kind of almost like, like we do paid events. But then, you know, every month or so, we try to give back to maybe one organization or one event. Like, hey, I'm going to devote my time. And ultimately, I want to build it off to where that becomes a part of a curriculum of working with us. Like, if you work with us, you're going to get paid. 
but at least have one event a month that you can participate in to where you can give back and do that to the community, you know, because they help us. Like, it, you never know if somebody like you or your family members or somebody they know may need that. That's right. They may need those services. Healthcare, like, they always have things going on. The event that I tell you about, all these people who are incarcerated, they have a second chance. You know, not everybody's bad. They go to jail after they get out, you know. Some people are trying to get their lives together. It's events like that, you know. People who may need mothers who may need it, you know, homeless people who may need it, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So, yeah, So, uh, I guess since we have a guest tonight, we're going to go into a second second uh, segment. Oh, yeah. Do we, do we have a name for this segment? Uh, five minutes of twist. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to the second segment, five minutes of wisdom. If you don't know, definitely look them, look them up. Yeah. What's what's the hashtag? So oh, the hashtag, hashtag, is five, hashtag is five minutes of twizzle, man. The username is at twizzleman fifty six. All right, so uh, so I guess we just want to learn more about you. Like we thank, appreciate your time. No, we definitely love what you do because you're out here at uh, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and you still got to make a drive after this. Definitely, got, I got to head to Orangeburg after this. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll get out of here real quick. Um, but yeah, so uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about Dolph. Like where are you from? All of this. Yeah, well, um, I'm from here, Savannah, Georgia. Um, I can't say born and raised, but raised here. Um, I actually was born in uh, Mount Island, New York. Left when I was about five, moved here. Um, and Savannah is pretty much all I know. Um, I ended up getting to music probably around when I was like 11, 12. I did piano lessons uh, to get into music like that, but you know, my friends was outside. And I was like, I gotta stay here and play this piano and stuff. And I never had no, no, my grandmother, even though she supported me playing the piano, she never was like, you got to stay in here and learn this. Mm-hmm. So I would go outside and I would play. And it kind of, you know, kind of went to the wayside until I got a passion again. I saw one of my friends, he was playing the piano. And I'm like, yo, you're pretty good. You know, like I used to do that and show me a couple things and really sparked me back into getting music. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I stuck. Yeah, I wish you, even to this day, I still, yeah. like, I wish I was stuck. I wish yeah. somebody was like, hey, you need to stick with doing this. Yeah. This will take you so far, you know? Yeah. And that's the value, like, mentors, right? Yeah, yeah. mentors. Because I've, I, like, like you said, Valerie with UGA, SBDC, Small Business Development Center. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's been a few other people, like, uh, Score. And, like, just having these uh, people who I look up to mm-hmm. tell me, that I have a good idea and I should stick with it. Exactly. Like that's all it takes. That's it. You know, it doesn't. They don't have to like give me the the checklist of what to do. They just have to tell me they believe in approval. Man. You know, I played piano as a kid too, and I took lessons, and I had to practice so many hours a week. Yeah. And then I stopped for a long time, just like you. And yeah. then I, as I got older, I got back into it. And then somebody asked me when I was older. They said, "Oh, how often do you practice?" And I was like, "I don't <laughs> practice. I, I just play." Yeah. And that was the mindset. It's like it's the same thing, yeah. But like it wasn't something I, I was like forced to do. It was yeah, something mm-hmm. I wanted. And yeah. so like then I could do it for hours and hours. Exactly, it's, it's exactly. a mindset thing. Yeah, it is. So so videography, you're really good at. But right. music is the passion. Music is definitely the passion. Um, I've been like I said, I've been doing music since I was like 10, 11. Um, ended up going to school in Orlando, first institute um, in Orlando, Florida. Um, they that's where I got my audio engineering music production degree. And then I came back here as a man of state about 2011, 2012. I had some credits that I needed to pick up while I was there because I started after I graduated high school in like 2005. But I ended up leaving there to go to Orlando for school. So I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and finish these credits here as a man of state. Mm-hmm. So I went back there, and it wasn't until my senior year, uh, 2000, no, my junior year, excuse me, 2014, 
where it was mandatory where we had to check out video equipment and do projects with it to graduate because it's audio video curriculum. Well, I got tired of the video production stuff always being checked out. So I took my refund check and bought video equipment. Mm. And once I started doing the video equipment, you know, I would go around just playing around and people would see me with the camera like, hey, do you, you do music videos? And it's like, no, I haven't, but you know, I, I do it for a little or nothing because it's my first one I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And I was like, you know what? It's a reason why I had to, to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. And eventually I got better and better and better. To, and then I started recording my own music videos to my songs. And not only that, I was able to offer that to clients. I was like, okay, not only can I record your song, I can mix your song, I can master your song, and I can shoot your music videos. Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be like still the passion, but just different doors mm-hmm. to go there. So um, once I did that and we created Doff Media, Doff Media were more business oriented. Then the next thing you know, we're doing five minutes of Twism. Yeah, and sometimes my kids help me record, and they're they're like eleven, ten, and eight, and they help me record, and they actually get into it, and they help me record, and then uh, sometimes my wife she'll help me record. She's definitely help me record, and if not, she like gives me the ideas and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, babe, like, can you help me with this? Can you give me the ideas? She makes things simple for me, and next thing you know, five minutes of twist start booming, and you know, we get to travel different places and speak and teach, and it's pretty cool. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Are you on tour right now? Yes. Um, I'm actually on tour right now. We started a summer tour. Um, it just happened to be a sporadic. Like, during the summertime, a lot of people, they always see Five Minutes of Twism, which is crazy because I, I didn't expect it for people to, like, react to it like that. And everybody's like, yeah, I see Five Minutes of Twism. How can I get you to come here? How can I can I, can I book you for this? And I was like, well, well, you know, just hit the email, and I'll respond. And yeah, yeah. a couple of people did it, and they were like, we want you here. We want you here. We want you here. And it just happened all on the road. And uh, my wife happened to joke with me. She was like, hey, it's like you're on a tour. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an official tour. Call it five minutes to the tour. And once I did that, it just really started taking off. So nice. It's cool. That's what's up. It's like spoken in existence. Yeah. We need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Got to. Tonight's another big first for us. We got our first audience member. That's right. <laughs> He says it's gonna be the laugh track. We yeah. <laughs> laugh right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's awesome. Ooh, well, we're we'll, we'll gonna wrap up here in a second, man. But like, do you have anything? Tyler, do you have any more questions for uh, Twiz? Uh, I mean, oh, I thought we were just getting started. <laughs> I mean, we, we can keep going. I just know you got to go on the road. Man, uh, listen, man, I drove from New York. That's fourteen hour drive. It's crazy. I only got to drive two hours. I wish I had two hours. <laughs> so yeah, I'm good. Okay. All right. So um, so you, you do work with your wife? Yes. Uh, how how is that being in a creative field? Um, how is it working with the spouse? It's how do you good. Get, how do you manage that? It's good and frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I will be honest with that. Um, it's good because she's very creative. She has a lot of great ideas. She helps me. Do some stuff, fine tune and call some things. Uh, the only time we really butt heads is if, like, say for instance, if I feel really strong about how I want something to look. She's like, "No, you should do this right here." I'm like, "No, I'm not changing my creative ideas. This is my creative ideas." And she's like, "No, you need to change this." And then it, it bumps heads right there mm-hmm. because you know she's creative, I'm creative, and sometimes we have two creative people. It's kind of hard to collaborate sometimes mm-hmm. on certain things. But other than that, she's phenomenal. Like I, I love that we're able to do that together. Um, it actually makes us closer 
and it makes us proud to, you know, a lot of people, get, to be honest with you, we get a lot of business from that because a lot of people support that, you know, support yeah. that. It's, yeah, it's just your wife, you're working with your wife, and it's not like, you know, some some people, they, their wives are like stay-at-home people, and, you know, their wives don't, are not incorporated in what they do, mm-hmm. and to be honest with you, it allows me to, it allows me to do more things by incorporating my family because, you know, they can't necessarily go everywhere I can go sometimes. So mm-hmm. instead of doing that, they come. Just like my was supposed to be in Orangeburg this week. Well, that's two hours from Savannah. They came with me. Mm-hmm. You know, they come down here and they travel with me too. So that's 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 why I love it. Yeah, and that's awesome. And that's like that's something I think about a lot. It's not so much about um, you know having a work life balance. Yes, it's more about having a work life harmony or work life integration. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you gotta you gotta bring the family into it. Like I I don't mind taking my son or my daughter or even my infant to a radio interview yeah. or a client meeting. You know, I bring you That's know, good. if it if it means and that's what it is. And you're actually sprinkling seeds right there because they see That's it the biggest goal. Things. That's right. Because mm-hmm. when we're growing up, yep. we don't know what a client meeting looks like or sounds like or you know, a networking event. You know, but you bring my kid now, he's already indoctrinated, he knows what to expect, he's not gonna be afraid of it. Exactly. As he grows up. It's not gonna like be no like like I get sometimes I get uh I get anxiety over going to like do events with new people. Yeah. Even though I don't look like him once I get there. Yeah. But you know, size so it's hard it's hard to get out the door sometimes. But right. for him it won't be the same. Right, right. You know? They'll feel more natural mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. And definitely like when we first did our interview, yeah, you know, those were actually a pretty powerful interview. Like, yeah, you know, Sneary. Uh, came out and uh, you know bared a soul a little bit. And, yeah, you know, it, was, it was a good interview, man. We had fun. Well, so, show was this one? so there was a Savannah Business Showcase. Okay. Yeah. W R U. Yeah. So you can look it up. S B S W R U. And we'll link to it. Yeah, you can look it up too. We'll see if we can. All right. Cool. Did you think we question? Well, I just can say that like just to a lot of people that is like what making a difference means. It's like working with youth but even if it's your own children and just like like ultimately i want to have a career where i can leave my kids off better than i thought i had a great idea but i want to have my kids to have a better one most definitely absolutely so that that is a difference too so that's where yeah it starts at home it starts it starts at home and you create that environment and it extends out to other children like sometimes you know kids meet kids and then they end up at our house and end up in our yard and stuff so you know they see how we treat our kids, and we don't treat our kids differently than the other kids. Like they get the same treatment. Mm-hmm. They they don't get special treatment because they're our kids. Mm-hmm. No, they get it tougher because they're <laughs> our kids, mm-hmm. and everybody else gets it nice. But you know, it's just really just showing you know because you never know what that child or that student may be dealing with at home themselves, and they may not have the type of support that you know your children may have or something like that. So you kind of treat them like you treat the other kids, and they'll be like, hey, you know, this may be your safe haven. They may come to your pop, your house, or your place to get peace of mind. That's right. Stuff that's at home, so it starts at home. That's right. That's, that's absolutely true. I had a lot of friends like that when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Even though I lived in the hood, like my mom kept a strict home. Yeah. So they would come over and like we just run around and have fun, and you know. But it was it was like good fun. Right. You know, we weren't doing drugs or nothing. We weren't in the street. Right. If anything, we would be riding bikes, running through mud puddles, getting in trouble for that. That was about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so, so how are you? So it's about what about creatives? What about the truth? So like what? What's like what's one thing you know for sure? Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. About what we do. 
about anything, man. Just life, life about, in general, like about life. Yeah. Well, a lot of people like to think that being creatives and the entrepreneur life. A lot of people see the glamour and stuff that people uh, post on Instagram and Facebook and like that. But they have to understand when you when you go down that route, it's you have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that you have to sacrifice, a lot of things you have to go without. And um, I know for me personally, taking that route, it, it's, it's been real tough because you have a family. It's, it's easier when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. When you have a family, you know, it, it's, it's a lot rough. And you have to have, you have to be with somebody that understands that journey that you're going on and is very supportive. Like most women will not support you. Like, man, look, you ain't got a job, job. <laughs> I'm out, out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Tell I, you about I, it, mean, I didn't mean to look at you, yeah. but I did. <laughs> you did. You got in trouble. I'm like, staying strong. What was that nine years? You tell me that for nine years. Yeah. It's like, you might do what with that camera? Free what? You might do what for free? You know what I'm saying? Like, right. this ain't free, Craig. <laughs> but, but, you know, you, you got to have a special person that supports you with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then really just, you know, understand it takes a lot. It takes a lot of that. It takes a lot of those nights where, hey, maybe we're not going on a date because, you know, we're using this money to buy this new equipment that we need because we need to get better audio, we need to get mm-hmm. better lens. You know, that stuff costs a lot of money. And for somebody who doesn't either have a loan or is coming out of pocket, mm-hmm. you got to cut it from somewhere. Yeah, it may get cut from a weekend, this weekend, dinner out or something like that. And it can be frustrating. It can be challenging. So, but you get money back from the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like an investment. You go out. You know, yeah, you'll never see it. You'll never, you'll never see it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, and to be honest with you, I've learned so much on this journey that I probably would never had ever even probably crossed my mind if I just went for the Shakir job and just work like you know the normal American thing when you work. Not that not nobody does that. You know, I respect you know what you got to do, but some sometimes in some of us it's just something more. Like we need more than just something that's uh, a regular routine that's gonna you know you know go to work, go home, go to work, go home, and go out a little bit, party with friends, go home, work, go home. It's like you got when you go out and do that stuff, you got to work three times as hard to do that. Whereas to you know this life when you get to a certain point, I can be like, all right, I can go out. <laughs> and then everybody's like, oh, man, I got to work one day. I was like, no, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I take the day off. I work a nine to five, and then I get home and I work another nine to five. Yeah, exactly. Nine nine. Especially this, this is what people don't realize. Until you get to that point where you can actually be like, yo, I'm about to you know, take some days off. You have to work a regular job and then come home at night and fight through you know, fight through editing a video without falling asleep like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'll give that great quality as if you're already old. That's right. You know? And eventually, it'll balance itself out. You know, it'll balance itself out. It'll, you'll, you'll end up leaving the secure job a little bit. Because I know I'm at, the, I'm at the part right now, just to show some transparency, I'm at the part right now where it's, I don't have a full-time job, but I have a part-time job. So the good thing about that is it's still secure enough to be a part-time but it still has the freedom to be like, hey, I need to take some days off. Um, and they're not like, oh, if you take the days off, you're going to get fired. You know what I mean? So it's not to that magnitude yeah. when it comes to that. Yeah. That was the biggest thing I hated about having, having jobs. And I've had a lot of them. Yeah. Like my wife talks shut to yeah. about, you know, but I've had a lot of jobs. Yeah. I'm 32 now. And I've probably had 32 jobs in my life. Yeah. Easy. Easy. At least one or two a year. 
But anyway, um, the, the thing I hated the most about full-time, part-time jobs is the fact that you have to ask for time off. Yes. You know, like, this is my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to ask this. And then if, I, if they say no, you know, do I lose my job or do I take the time off? That's you know what I mean? So, like, I hated that. Yeah. Unless you love your job, like Tyler does. Yeah, and I just, like, I only... I, I try and go into the negotiation of, oh, can I have this day off? Yeah. Like, I only play that card when mm-hmm. it's not, like, a negotiation. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm taking this day off. <laughs> yeah. 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 The way, you know, whether you like it or not, I'm out of here. Yeah. But, but the rest of the time, I just grind. Like, mm-hmm. I just work. Yeah. I don't take unnecessary days. And, but, I mean, that's just, like, my way of coping with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I also, I, I tell Terry all the time, like, Saw him, talked to him for about five minutes, and I knew that he knew how to grind out. Yeah. And and he's like, I have a podcast, I got a video business, I got a few business. He's yeah. like, I'm in all these organizations, and I'm like, you sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. 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 And we get it off the same way. Yeah. You know, yeah. the straight hustle. It's the hustle. You got to grind, man. Yeah. You got to grind. And then, you know, even if you do work in that five, that, I mean, that's how I got most of my equipment. Working that job, you know, to invest in yep. what I do. We, we that's it. Uh, reinvesting all the time. Yeah. It's, just up and it's not cheap. It's got to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got to. We shot this wedding this week, and we, I decided I want to. We rented a 4K camera. Wow. We shot 4K, and we were shooting uh, or uh, 1080 at 120 frames. So we're gonna have all these like crazy slow mo shots. And, oh yeah. 4K like cropped in like wide lens all sorts like we pulled out all the stops because yeah. I was like don't think about what we're getting paid think about what we're going to charge the next time yeah you know most definitely when we have this piece to show that's it yeah that's it so a couple more questions we'll wrap up you good um, the so there's there's a creative out there watching right now mm-hmm. who is in that in that transition stage where they're thinking I might have to go get a job. I, I can't keep doing this for this much money or I'm, I'm not seeing the revenue come in. Right. I'm not getting the amount of clients I thought I would. And, you know, so I don't know if this is for me. So, like, what advice would you give that person in that transition stage? Well, I would say if you're in the transition stage, I mean, you got to, and it also depends on the lifestyle, you know, the mm-hmm. lifestyle that you're living. Like, like I, again, like I said, like, if you got a family, that's when you got to sit your family down and say, hey, this is what I want to do. And uh, I want to be able to try to do this. And, you know, who knows, you know, they can cut back some things to where you can do that. But if it's just you in your transition stage, you know, I would say bump down to part time, cut back on some stuff. You may have to get, get rid of that cable. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get rid of that. You may not be able to go to the bar, just, you know, for a while. Like it, it can be you can fall in depression by doing that mm-hmm. because. You, you deprive yourself of a lot of things, you know. It's almost like going on a diet to eat, you know. Yeah. You like if you love sweets and stuff, and you just stop cold turkey. It's like, man, I wish I could have a cookie right now, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's for the greater good, you know. And I use the diet thing because it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do that right now myself. I'm trying to cut back a little bit from the dad body a little bit. And uh, <laughs> you know, I just think about all the great foods I can eat right now. It's quick. You know, let me get a four for four real quick. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's so cheap, four dollars, seven dollar salad. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't but make sense. but it's kind of like you got to fight that urge to get the long term thing, and it's not. And I and I, and I had to remind myself this is not permanent. 
you know, it's not be, be humble. Like, yeah. If you have to flip burgers, go for yeah. it. If you have to ride the bus, you ride do. the bus, you know, yeah. don't think you're above any of that. Like you got to do what you got to do to get to that next step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say it took me a while to fight that stage. When I, um, one, this is when we were first getting started. You know, we, we had to learn and understand the seasons of our business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah and that, That's the hard part. Yeah. It hit us hard one time when we realized that the summer was booming. The fall, the beginning of the fall was good. But when it got around October, November, when businesses kind of, you know, kind of chilling and didn't really do anything or trying to recoup from the summertime and all that stuff, business went cold for a while. And when it went cold, you know, we went all in. Like, we didn't do nothing else but our business. And when I ended up having to get a job, my wife was like, look, we have to do something to basically make something happen. And I ended up having to get a job at Toys R Us right before they, they shut down and stuff like that. It it tore me up mentally because I was, I was I'm a prideful person sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm at Toys R Us, you know, I would, I would kind of like walk fast. If I see somebody there, I kind of walk fast and, you know, somebody would see me and stuff like that. And it really took a toll on me mentally until finally one uh, of my friends stopped me in there and he was like, yo, he was like, you, he's like, if anything, I respect you more for doing this because. You were willing to That's all I do what you, yeah. And I did at a time. But he was like, I respect you more because you you do whatever it takes for you to support your dream. It don't mean you got to stop your dream, but it just means you took a, you know, you had to pause it for a second to recoup and do the things that you need to to get your build your house free, so that way you can do that. And after that season, business started picking back up again. And I, I learned that. So when the next year came, I went ahead and just got a seasonal job. And it flowed a lot better than if I would have been stubborn, like, no, we're gonna, something's gonna happen, we're gonna make, make it happen, mm-hmm. no. And that really just opened my eyes up and just like, you know, whatever you got, whatever it takes means whatever it takes. You gotta do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. You don't care what nobody says. Like I said, you got flip burgers, hey, flip them burgers, bro. <laughs> no shit, the burgers. Yeah. You're not above that. Yeah. No one's above that. Exactly. But you all, you're also smart because you have different verticals, like I do. I do a lot of wedding videos, right. and that's a very seasonal gig too. It is like that's down in New York. That's a summer thing because yeah. it's only the sun only shines like two months <laughs> a year. But down here, it's really just like spring and fall. Yeah, because that's when it's you know the right temperature. And so, what are you going to do in those other months? So, if you're able to, if you're able to mix and produce and write the music and shoot the music, the music video and everything, mm-hmm. and then you've got some other verticals that like are similar to that, right. but like not necessarily like, in that. You know, they have alternating seasonality too. Like that's just another way to like add to that. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just you just find, you know, you gotta understand the season and then just really just create other lanes, you know. You can't you can't just keep one lane and think that's gonna work. Hey, if this wedding season isn't done, guess what? We need to do other stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I learned that. It was it was a rough that was a rough year getting started, like, but it really broke me down to really to understand what's necessary moving forward. I don't know. You said something a minute ago about just like working for the future. Yes. You know, and, and planning like eating good now so you're going to be go from dad bod to father figure. Right. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, <laughs> I got you. Me <laughs> You are a good enemy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got you. <laughs> so, have to get shirts. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so go from dad bod to father. Anyway, so it's like planning for the future. <laughs> Planning for the future is something I think about. Well, I don't, I don't think people think far enough ahead. They don't. You know what I mean? Because, like, now you got kids. You got kids who are almost preteens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Preteens, teenagers. Mm-hmm. So, you might not be a billionaire, but if you can make a million, you can teach your kids how to make 500 million. Yeah. 
Yeah. And your grandkids exactly. can be billionaires. And you know what I'm saying? Then your great, great, great grandkids can be the first black trillionaire. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so it's nice. like, that's, that's how you have to like think about things because I think we want stuff so fast now yeah. that we forget that there's more after us. It is. Just like there were millions of people before us, there's gonna be millions of people after us. Yeah. And we have like a, a lineage, like especially like as black people, like most of us have never met our grandfathers or our great grandfathers, you know? So we don't understand the fact that like, history and lineage, like other yeah. other people. Yeah. You know, other other like Italians, they know oh, yeah. back to the mid thirteenth century, you yeah. know, where they come from. Yeah. But not, you know, black people barely know our grandparents. Right. So now is that it's our chance to start over, especially as dads, right? Uh, teaching our kids what we want them to do, generally, you know, and stuff like this, podcasting, music videos, being on TikTok and dancing with the kids. Yeah, your that makes you a more, you know what I mean? Yeah. So your great 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 grandchildren will see that right. and say that my my great great grandfather he was a strong man. Yeah, no, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, like he was a strong man. He was an influential man. I want to be like that. Yeah, you know, that's real. That's real. And, and, and definitely, like, one thing I will say about New York, um, living there, a lot of people culturally, they really support their own. I went to a Papa John's Pizza one time, and it was just a restaurant full of West Indians. Mm. And I guess they might have bought a franchise, mm-hmm. and like, look, we're going to open this shop. All of them were there. And I don't know if they were related or not. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm assuming they probably were. But it's pretty cool that you see that, that, you know, hey, we all going to have jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, we all going to work here. We're going to make this work. Chinese state, but Chinese food places too. Like mm-hmm. they all work in there. Sometimes it's like probably the mom and dad maybe own it. Like you probably have the kids running register. Right. They have somebody, the oldest cousin, somebody's back there. Really, like they support that, and you know, we create that what we do right now. It may not necessarily be a food chain, but mm-hmm. you know, just just to create a video production, you know, to have a video production team to do that. Mm-hmm. That's that would be great, you know. And even if that's not something they want to do when they get older, you still have a skill set. That's right. To learn how to do it. That's right. And you have a you have a, a path, a path or something. Yeah. Again, you know, like it took me so long to figure out what I wanted to do in life because I had no guide. Right. You know, it's I was twenty eight when I found out that my grandfather on my dad's side was a, a mason. You know, wow. he like built stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's like now I'm trying to take that on and like incorporate it. It's like I'm always building stuff. Right. I'm always starting stuff, like laying foundation, you know, try to lay a strong foundation like this and all kinds of other stuff, you know. That also leads me into like my wife being mad at me about not, <laughs> you know, saying the job. Oh, I already know. Yeah, I already know. Yeah. But okay, cool. So we'll wrap up and I'll do a uh, moment of truth. I had something come to me that was really good. Uh, Tyler, do you, do you have any last questions and comments? I'll get, you know, you guys talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think that's one thing that I, that Therese and I also agree on the truth is that like, we bring different backgrounds. Right. We have the same passion, mm-hmm. but we have completely different backgrounds and interests and experiences and social circles. Right. And so what we're able to do together is greater than either of us could ever do in the right. right. So right. we're like capitalizing on our differences yeah. right. and not, you know, coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the true uh, purpose of like having an integrated not integrated, but uh, you know, like big corporations want to bring in women and uh, yeah, diversity. Yeah, that's the that's the true purpose of diversity. Yeah. It's yeah. like when you're coming together for a common goal, but you have different viewpoints. It's not just saying I have a, a woman on my team. Yeah. It's not just saying I have a West Indian on my team. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you have, you have these different viewpoints and you work together. And that's the that's world. The, man. Yeah. That's the world. Why, that's right. Why would we separate different points of views? Right. That 
makes up the world. Right. We're all different. And the world we born in is the same. Why? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I would love to hear Tyler's point of view, you know, compared to somebody else's point of view. Mm-hmm. Just because, like you said, the social difference, social background, I find that I get intrigued by that. Sure. You know, I get intrigued. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to know. I do want to know. I don't live that, you know? Yes. I'd love to hear about it. We wouldn't have different food. Nobody cares if you put food here. Anybody would be like, nah, I don't want it because it's that. Nah, if it's good, it's good. You don't like it. <laughs> so, guys, stop talking about food. It's <laughs> bad. I know. We can't shake Greg. Okay, sure. I'll trade it this one. Yeah. Next time we'll, we'll have some on set. <laughs> All right, cool. So, before we do the moment of truth, uh, Twiz, uh, again, how can people find you? And thanks for coming to the show. Not a problem. Uh, we appreciate thanks for having you. For real. For real. We're going to share it with everyone. Um, how can people find you, get in contact with you, and what do you like? What do you want people to know? What do you want people to know? No doubt. Um, I'm really big on the Instagram thing right now. That's what I'm focusing on. Uh, you can follow me at, at Twizzleman56, T W I Z Z L E M A N 56. Um, uh, you can also go on Facebook, Certified Banking Productions. Don't let the name scare you, it's nothing bad. <laughs> it's just music, <laughs> positive music. <laughs> Um, also, you can check out our video production company, Dolph Media. Um, you can find it on Facebook, Instagram, Dolph Media LLC. Cool. What, like, what do you want to leave people with? Oh, man. So, like, if you had, like, uh, one minute twist, one minute twist, what, what, what would you tell people? Man, what I tell people is um, follow your dreams, man. Um, just follow your dreams. I know that sounds cliche, but we all were born with talents. It's our goal to kind of find out what the talent is. If you're not sure, just keep doing things until you find something that feels natural. Mm-hmm. If it is, that's your talent. Do it. I mean, we all contribute something to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, some people are doctors, they're good with their hands, some people are good at speaking, some people are good at listening, some people are good at being creative, whatever it is. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, so, uh, moment of truth. Oh. Uh, so, moment of truth is just like, sometimes things come to my head and things throughout. Throughout the day, every day, just about. And I, right. A lot of times, I write them down. But tonight, <laughs> like you guys said, something about uh, change, and so how, how to like how to change the world. Right. But it came to me like the only way to change the world is to first change yourself. Right. You know, like nothing else. Like you can't change anybody else. You can't make anybody like whether it's your wife or your kids or a friend or a coworker. You can't change anybody. The only way you can change the world is to change yourself. And if you become better, then the people around you will start to see that. And they'll either get out of your life because they don't like it, they don't like the change, or they'll start to become better themselves. You know, so if you change, if you start losing weight, if you start eating better, if you start running, if you start saving money and not going out, or if you stop drinking, you know, if you stop smoking, then the people around you will start to get better as well. And that creates a ripple effect. And before you know it, you've had uh, this massive effect on the world around you, just from changing a few small things. Even if it's just making your bed, I know it's a guy named Jordan uh, Peterson. Right. He says, just if you want to change your life, just make your bed in the morning. Just make your bed every day. Yep. You know. And from there, you know, your room's clean and your mind's free. And then other things start to change. You know. And if you just start doing that, like things change. So change yourself, you can change the world. If you please call the number below, the donation of 0.5 cents. <laughs> I feel like we're at a telephone. I know. I've actually thought about that too. Oh, geez. Of course. All right. All right, cool. Coming down the pipe. Yeah. Any last, any final words? 
All right, cool. Man, I appreciate you guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. And thank you, everybody out there, for watching. Um, I'm Raps. This is the Creative Truth. Uh, go find us on Facebook. Go find us on Instagram. Go find us at our website, creative-truth.com. We're on YouTube. We're going to be coming to some other streaming platforms pretty soon. And uh, if you have suggestions for topics you'd like us to cover, definitely drop them in the comments below or shoot us an email. Uh, we're we're uh, really, we have some things coming down the pipeline that are going to be pretty exciting and cool. And uh, we're, I'm just really happy that we've got our first guest on to bring in another like, outside perspective and see right. what we're all about yeah. and, uh, and uh, share the truth. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the Creative Truth. I'm Raz. I'm Tyler. And we'll see you next week.